Hey, legends, you know, none of our interviews or episodes ever date, ever. They are all timeless and ready for you for when you're ready to listen. Download the lot and rip in. Origin is getting closer, and if that's not enough to give you a little movement, this podcast certainly will. We'll have you up for anything by the end of this, because this is the podcast that talks with the legends, not about them. We've got 13 interviews on this episode alone. Junior Bolo, Larry Korowa, Ruben Wiki, Jazz Tavanga, and Moses Embai, just to name a few. Hey, before we get into it, uh, huge thanks for the ratings and reviews on the apps. We don't know why they help. We don't know how they help. They do somehow. I've got no idea how Apple, Spotify or Google come up with their system or their rankings. No bloody idea. But what I do know is um, the ratings and reviews help us massively. Thank you to those that left a nice or even weird review. Legends. If you're enjoying the potty, do a mate a favour and drop five stars on us. Uh, Where were we? Yes, the movement in your pants because of Rugby League in this edition of the Weekly Wodge. You've been warned. Some players are stats guys, some aren't. The weird ones are the coaches, because some coaches live and breathe stats. Others, yeah, not so. Some just couldn't give a fly. Moses Mbai, are you the type of guy that studies stats or just pushes them away? I'm far from the guy who studies stats, to be honest. Um, Obviously, spent a lot of time with Dez. Uh, He was a bit of a stats genius. but what what the stats do do is it it gives you a great guideline to the whole picture. Where, you know, it gives you a, a rough indication of where you're at. Yep. Um, and also individually, uh, it's, it's you know, there's there's a role for the stats there. But there's just certain things in the game that stats don't measure. Yep. And um and it it doesn't me- it doesn't measure character. Yep. And it doesn't it do- it doesn't measure attitude. And they're the they're the two things that if you ever start with you sat down with these um, extremely good defensive coaches or these, you know, these guys that have had great success in the game as, as, as those hard men. Um, they're built on character and they're built on attitude. And a lot of the defensive gurus will tell you defense is an attitude and that's hard to measure yep. from a stat. It's very hard to measure from a stat. So I guess the outcome of the tackle, you can measure. You can see how many you made, see how many you missed. But you know, it's hard, to, it's hard to get that character side of things on a stat. If you get handed your number sheet on a Monday morning, is there one stat that really matters to you and one stat that you just couldn't care about? Yeah, I think something that's helped my game um, and something going back to Des gave me this little bit of bit of arsenal was, um, was your support. Um, yep. And it's not really a stat that you'd sit up in row 17 at Suncorp Stadium and witness the players do, but Good call. Um, it's one for it's one for the for the players on the field that they really appreciate and and just being around the ball um, and what it does for the actual ball carrier. See, there's and yeah, that's hard to 
it's hard to um, to measure mm. if that support was effective or not. But that's one for myself that I I do really look at. Um, and obviously, your effective tackles. You know, yep. you, you miss tackles and you, the tackles made. That's pretty black and white. That's something that obviously there's a spot for stats in that. Mate, have stats changed? Have they got more complex even in the seven years you've been playing? Oh, fucking no. There's a stat oh, for everything now. Yeah. There's a stat for everything now, yeah. Well, I, I mean, it used to just be, um, yeah, how many tackles you made, how many tackles you missed, how many runs you took, how many metres you made, how many errors you made. And yep. if you're a kicker, how many kicks did you kick and how many metres did they go for? Um, now, oh, there's a stat for a stat. So, yes. Um, and, you know, I was insane, you know, going back to the point again with Des, um, we are probably a little bit ahead of the game when it comes to a stat. So um, we've got to, you know, feel that firsthand. And, and now every coach is kind of, you know, in the same boat that everyone's trying to just get that 0.1% to improve the team, to make them a better club and obviously get better results. So everyone's just doing the stat sheet now. It's been enjoyable for me watching young athletes progress, watching them change from a nervous kid to a very confident and capable young man. We're seeing it now with Jack Whiten, who has developed to elite level. Elliot Whitehead from the Canberra Raiders joins us. What's the biggest difference you've noticed about Jack since you arrived in 2016 to now? Um, you know, probably probably his maturity on the field, he, He's got that belief in himself that he's, he's he's good enough to like play at six, especially after the first two years. You know, he probably probably doubted himself moving from fullback to six is a big big um, challenge. And you know, I think I thought he took it with both arms. And you know, he's, the worst thing about Jack, he's still got a lot of improvement in him. That's yeah. the scary thing how good he is now, and he's still learning uh, to play as a six, and he's just getting better and better. And you know, I reckon in the next couple of years, he's already up there with the elite, but he's just going to prove how good he can be. Yeah, that is a scary thought that he's going to get better. Mate, when a young player improves, is it actually improving as a player or is it really simply just maturing and growing as a young man as well? I think uh, maturing has got a lot to do with that. And, you know, I think um, obviously moving from fullback to six, it's a totally different game. You've got to really control the game. And, you know, I think that comes with time. And I think he's really learning that fast. I think, you know, it's like I just said, it's scary for thinking how good them two can be together. So, yeah. I love how the game of rugby league worldwide gives people and players a second chance. Most of us, me included, fuck up somewhere along the way. Jack has had his issues. They are gone. He manned up and he took control of himself. And he seems to have genuinely learned and improved with a second chance. That's just a that's just a nice story about a young bloke on his journey, yeah, definitely. Look, I think he, I think he realised um, when he f- fucked up that time that he can't afford to do that. You know, yeah. he's he's got a great family and stuff, and he's got a great opportunity. And you know, I think that really opened his eyes. And he's after that mistake he made, he's he's really pushed on with his career now. So, a hundred and ninety centimeters, ninety-seven kilos. He is a beast of a number six. Physically, he's one of those guys that's just got the lot. Yeah, he's even got abs on his back. He's that muscly. He's crazy. You <laughs> know, um, yeah, he, but he does work hard. I'll credit to Jack. He, he works on them little aspects of his game, and you know, you can see that on the field. Uh, he's really improved, and you know, I can keep saying it's just scary how good he can be. But um, you know, he's he's got he's still got a lot to learn about the game as well. You know, and he'll learn that fast playing that sixth position. 
Hey legends, I hope you're enjoying this edition of Andy Raymond Unfiltered. How would you like to be part of our team? Our sponsorship packages are ready to go. From scripted ads to website placement and social media promotions, personal appearances, voice recordings and more, the opportunities are limited only by your imagination. You set the terms. Unfiltered is reaching hundreds of thousands of potential clients every single week and we cater to businesses both big and small. We'll work with you to guarantee you get exactly what you want, how you want and when you want. Next week, we could be promoting you right here. Packages start from as little as a couple of hundred dollars. If you're interested in joining our team, go to our website and hit the sponsorship tab. Go to andyraymondunfiltered.com.au. Galaxyfinance.com.au. Galaxyfinance.com.au. Ask for Leanne. Get a free quote for unfiltered listeners. This is the part of the podcast where we've put you in charge. You're asking the questions. Our superstars are giving their answers. Look out. Let's start with the Parramatta Lock and legend Nathan Brown from Chuggalugs on Instagram. Also on the new rules, what's changed with how a lock plays or has to play under the new rules? Has there been any really major adjustments you've needed to make? Yeah, I think the um, the you know the the ball playing, I guess, um, in that middle the middle third of the field, um, yeah, has really. Has really changed. I think these last few years, um, you know, it's, it's getting faster. And once the game's faster, it's it's normally better to play in the middle of the field and it's quick. And yep, um, you know, once you once you're in that that middle third, you you know create a lot of um, space, you know, for the outside backs and the halves. I guess when it's quick and yeah, that's what's um, yeah, that's what's you know the locks game. I think is has changed the last couple of years definitely. What do you prefer, mate? Do you prefer a bit of ball playing or just back fence, head down, bum up and rip in? Yeah, I like a bit of both, to be honest. Yep. Um, uh, I definitely um, love, you know, that's something I'll probably, um, that's probably one of my strengths is just uh, running and, and, and taking that ball up. But, um, you know, then you got a different, uh, side of you, where you, you can you know use that skill and, and and pass the footy, which is yeah, which is always good. And um, yeah, I like a bit of both to be honest, which is good. And let's wind back the clock to one of the all-time greats and a fan favorite, a crowd favorite, like we probably haven't seen since. It is the Black Flash, Larry Corowa. Are you still a Tigers man, Larry? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Begrudgingly. Yeah, yeah I I'm a Balmain Tiger, really, yeah. but you know, you've got to go with the times and um we haven't been successful over the last yeah. oh no, since uh, what, two thousand and seven I think. Shenzi won the comp, so that's fourteen years. Um bad decisions have been ma- been made and um bad player construction of teams, yeah, I think. You I know. agree. So um, the best beauty about it now is Timmy Sheens is back in control yeah. of everything. Um, knows football, knows rugby league players. Yep. So, and he'll get that club. And you could see over the last few months that he's done doing a great job. 
It's awesome to be teaming up with Retro Rugby League videos, a Facebook page for the hardcore and tragic footy fan just like us. From the old Commonwealth Bank Cup to first grade, the collection of videos weekly is insane. Check them out, legends. Go to Facebook and simply search Retro Rugby League videos. You'll love it. Every week on the Weekly Wodge, we want your say. We want your opinion, no matter if it's good, bad, indifferent, or just downright crazy. Speaking of which, we are joined by Clarkie from Clarkie's RL Column, uh, the hottest social media in rugby league, bar none. Each and every week, Clarkie puts up his call. And it's his call... But it's to encourage debate. It's to encourage opinions, suggestions and ideas. Legend, hope you're well. What have you come up with for us this week? G'day Andy and listeners. This week, uh, Clarkie's call for round 11 is the Dallium system needs an overhaul for consistency. Uh, the same voting team should rank players 1 to 10 every single game. What are your thoughts on that one, Andy? Have you opened up a Pandora's box here? Because something like this, there's not going to be one suggestion. There's going to be 10 different suggestions. Yeah, I think that's sort of the the general theme here, Andy. There's a lot of different um, ideas, a lot of different discussions, and there really isn't um, sort of a golden ticket way to fix this. Um, it, it's tough. I think for the most part, we have gotten the correct winner for the Dallium over the past 20 years. Um, but I just think for more consistency, it'd be great to um, view it from a different lens to see how close players have got. I suppose in one way, this is a comment from Instagram from Alex Zori. He said, yes, just like the old rugby league week voting. And I'm sure a lot of listeners will probably remember that. But yep. um, if they don't, Andy, I'm, I'm sure you remember the old rugby league week uh, magazine and the voting system they had. Absolutely. And, and every player got a rating out of 10 and, and they were accumulated at the end of the year and um, nothing was official made at the end of the year, but the weekly ratings were your rugby league Bible in terms of how players were faring. I really like this one from Scotty Pracy on Facebook. Increase the judges per game. Have a panel of four to five per game. One of them is the ref. Allocate three to one. Then work out who the three highest votes are to get the three to one. This then eliminates just one person's opinion. I think that's definitely a more consistent approach. The only thing I disagree in that take from Scott is probably I don't think the referee should be involved. I think our refs have that much on their plate yeah. these days that it'd almost be unfair to sort of ask them to also be thinking about who they thought was the best player. Mm. Here's a really interesting one on Facebook from Philip Collar. He, he puts forward that a player who is consistent all season and say they score a seven, but they might never get a Dalian point. Now, they may outperform a player who has half a dozen games, say, worth a nine, mm. where they do get a Dalian point. And the interesting thing behind that, Andy, is at the end of the day, it's the best and fairest. To be the best, you have to be consistent. You have to be playing the footy. Um, and to be honest, there are, there are players that are probably better and more consistent over a season but players will end with a higher Dalian points than them because they stand out in a few individual games. No names, no pointing of fingers, but I would have been on 1,000, uh, 1,500, 2,000, however many rugby league games I have over the course of the last 20-something years, 
and there has been dozens of times where the allocated Dallium judge puts the headphones down at the end of the game because they're concentrating on calling the game and says, who do I vote for? Who gets the Dallium's? Uh, I don't know if it's like that now. I can't speak for the last two years, but for a long period there, it was a secondary thought. And secondary thought, so it should be, because you're not getting paid to judge the Dallium's. You're getting paid to commentate a match of football for television and or radio. I'm going to throw this one at you, mate, from Mark Planton on Facebook. The current system is slanted very heavily to the winning halves. This won't correct that. It will level it out a little. In recent times, this has expanded slightly to include winning dummy halves. I would debate some ball-playing locks could also be included. However, I believe it is because ball-playing locks are actually almost taking the ball at first receiver so often in place of the halfback. What I love about a topic like this, mate, it um, it gets the thinkers out. Uh, we got a lot of really good sound debate here about how to improve. Yeah, and no, I definitely would agree with that one too. I think the current system definitely favours the winning halves spine and in the modern game, I think you can almost include a lock in that spine. And that's why we see someone like Isaiah Yo um, currently leading. An interesting one from um, Tyron Burns. And, and this sort of adds um, a, a little bit more to the incredible insight you just added about the discussion of who do I give the points to. He says uh, it's, it's based off someone's opinion. It should be based off stats. Mm. Now, for any listeners here, there's actually an Instagram page called Random Stats Guy. And I don't know if you've seen it, Andy, but he's put together an algorithm where every round he puts together all the stats of the game and it'll punch out the statistically best performing team of the round. I think somewhere in the middle of that, I think if we go strictly down a stats-based path, they don't tell the full nah. the full story of a footy game, right? One tackle could be a try saver as opposed to just a regular tackle. Um, and so there are certain considerations there. I'd like to see somewhat more of a focus on stats, but I'd, I'd really hate if it went down a path where it was solely stat-focused. Yeah, I, I disagree uh, on, on the stats, and I say this because as a commentator, I was fed 36 pages of stats per game every week. Uh, it was then up to me what I did with those stats and how I presented the stats. Um, I've got the firm opinion Depending on how you word your statistical analysis, you can make numbers look good, bad, or indifferent, and that's actually actually quite scary. Mate, you spoke about the spine earlier, and we're going to wrap this up here, but you spoke about the spine earlier. This is coming up in a few weeks on the Weekly Wodge. Uh, love you to be part of it. We spoke about the spine, which has traditionally been uh, the most important part of a rugby league side, I guess over the last 12 years. That's the one, six, seven, and nine. But what is a spine and why isn't a 13 there? We're going to have a look at rugby league positions, not what they are called, what they should be called. Because what the hell is a five-eighth and a halfback? What the hell is a centre? And what is a second row when they don't pack down in the scrum? So thinking caps on to everyone. Uh, we would love to have you guys play a part in this. But 
current day positions in 2021. These names have been the same since 1908. The game has changed too much to be calling them the same names. Clarkie, it is always a pleasure, legend. Uh, where can we find you? My pleasure, Andy, and to the listeners. If you guys want more footy content, Clarkie's Rugby League column all across social media, and um, you can get your footy fix straight to your social media feeds. Thanks, Big Nuts. The Legends series had a week off last week, back with a bang this week with the awesome story of Jason Hetherington. They're all cracking interviews. Let's go back to 196 and 197 with Ruben Wiki. Your background, I think I'm right in saying, both Maori and Samoan. Any regrets or disappointments you didn't get the chance to represent that branch of the family tree with a test match for Tor Samoa? Yeah, it's funny. We uh, When I retired, Andy, I did end up um, playing one game for around when they had the... Uh, was that the Tsunami Appeal? Tsunami Appeal. Yeah. So we had a game against the residents and I captained that team at um, Osamoa. And it was, you know, that was huge for, for for the family and to get to do that for my mum and, yeah. and uh, all her siblings and my grandmother and so forth. And it was very special and I'm glad I you know got to put the jersey on once, and yep. um, I also did New Zealand Maoris back in the Pacific Cup days. So yep. that's um, covering both both um, ethnicities. So tick those boxes. But um, yeah, I'm still you know very proud of my heritage, and I'm glad I got the opportunity to do it. Wonderful story. Uh, we're jumping all over the place. Back to '95, the emergence of Super League. In the yep. strangest of circumstances, Rubes, two clubs tried to register you for the one season, the Raiders and the Warriors. What mm. is the story behind that? A true story? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the Warriors were, you know, starting off in 95 and Ian Robson and John Money came over to, to Australia, um, you know, met at the airport, signed a contract, come home. You know, I was, I was getting a bit of homesick. You know, yep. and I thought, you know, I had no manager. Um, I spoke to my girlfriend. I said, oh, it might be an opportunity to go home here. We looked at paper. Yes, you know, it was like 10 grand or something. So, you know, yep, first grade spot. Mm. Um, then signed it. And it was uh, actually a cleaning lady that was the witness. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, I don't think it holds up in the court, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, and then... I had a change of heart and I, I went to Tim Sheens and I said, mate, I've done something stupid. And um, Kevin Neal was the CEO back then and yep. he said, oh, well, we'll draw up a contract and make sure you stay here in Canberra. And episodes 175 and 176 with Adrian Vows. Whilst the record books mightn't show it, there was actually a heap of young talent on the coast. Just waiting for the right chance, wasn't there? You you look back through the history books now, and it's littered with names. Oh, our, our twenty-one side in ninety-two. If had a, if we had a stayed as a team, would have won the comp because mm. it was myself, Jamie Goddard, Scott Sadler, Kevin Campion, Jeremy Slosh, Dave Bovang, Wayne Bartram played some games in yep. that. Um, Andrew Whittington, Lee Groves. There was. 15 first graders plus six origin players going Ooh. forward that would have played for Queensland. So, and, and Grant Bell was our coach, the inaugural 
Cowboys coach and, and brilliant coach too. Wally Lewis was head coach of the footy side. You mentioned Steve Rogers. You've already bumped into him before first grade. Then Wally gives you your debut. That is amazing in itself. Yeah, well, when he came to the club in 92, 91 he came, sorry, and um, he was playing first grade. And, and, and in those days you played reserve grade and then you sat on the bench. Yes, first yeah. so, so between 1990 and three before I played first grade, I sat on the bench 20-odd times for first grade and never got on. Next week, it's a pleasure to sit down with one of the game's nicest fellas, Matty Geyer. Yeah, like we're, we're eight years apart. We're brought up by, this, you know, by the same parents in the same house. And um, he's, we've got a sister who's just older than me who's very much like Mark. Yeah. Melissa, she's, she's only a year, old, a year or so older than me. And then there's a sister that's a year or so younger than him. Two or three years younger than him, and she's very much like me. So you and Jody are me and Jody, like yeah, me and Jody. Are, so uh, Mark and Melissa, even at home, they were the fiery firebrands. You know, that say it as it is, where Jody and I were a bit more quiet, a bit. Yep. But in saying that, Mum and Dad, neither of them were really fiery. Like no. Um, Mum meets a stranger on the street, and she says, "Hey, sweetheart. Hey, darling. Yeah. Hey, love." And 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 Dad was always a really quiet fellow. You know, Dad, like yeah. everyone must have thought, Dad was. But I, you know, Dad never raised his hand. You know, he's yep. he, yeah, he's um. So yeah, I, I, I don't know where where Mark and Melissa got their fire from, but um, yeah, we're just different. You know, obviously physically different, our personalities are different, mm. but we do we we proudly share the same surname. Was it difficult in Western Sydney having that surname? Because Mark, by the time you were, I guess, hitting puberty and, and maturity, had established himself and a reputation. No, 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 not going to give away that answer. You'll have to join us on the Legends series next week. Maddie Geyer talking about Big Brother Mark. And further proof, you can listen to any episode anytime. Here's Craig Bellamy from 2020. The main trait that, that separates Cameron Smith from um, everybody else, or, you know, most players is, you know, he's – I don't think he's had too many ups and downs in yeah. his career form-wise. Yep. You know, he's been 19 years of playing at the highest level and highest level in our game, the NRL, but also his game just don't it – do, it, it doesn't go up and down at all. He's pretty level. And I think, you know, he, obviously he's 37, so he's probably slowed down in, in a couple of areas um, physically, but – um, he's probably made up for them with you know his decision making or whatever. But like the one thing that I, I'd say about him, I, I, I can't ever remember, boy, and it, it's never happened, obviously. But a guy that's been so consistently good for so yeah. for so long, you know that that's that, that's what I'd say. To that yeah. What is it? Because as you said, he's not the greatest athlete that has ever come through the Melbourne Storm system. Is it his mind? Is it his vision? Is it football now? Is it execution? What's is there one intangible that separates him? Oh, I think he sees things pretty clearly very early. Um, so okay. to make those make those right decisions, as I said, I think you know, clearly he's been the big thing. But I think he picks it up earlier than um, you know the normal guy would. You know, I'm yep. not quite sure how much quickly, but he seems to be able to pick things up. Well, you know pick out the situation, you know, more quickly than other guys. This is serious shit. We just need to know. Okay, we haven't done this for a while. Who better to return it 
with Eels and Origin Prop, Junior Paulo. How you doing, big man? <laughs> I'm doing very well. Thank you for having me on. Good, good, good. Okay, this has got nothing to do with footy. Let's rip in. Cardio or weights? Uh, weights, definitely weights. <laughs> new clothes or new phone? I'm actually rocking iPhone 6S still from 2015 when I had it, so I still got it. So I'll probably say new phone. It's time for an upgrade. Uh, love it. Rocky or Rambo? Uh, Sylvester Stallone fan, so probably go, what, tough one. Did love Rambo. I'll go Rocky. Okay, Rocky. gone Rocky, the boxing link. Summer yeah. or winter? Definitely winter. Driver or passenger? Uh, I'm more of a driver. I do love yeah, going for long drives. Yeah. Pajamas or nude? Are we talking about when we're going to bed? Or- <laughs> <laughs> um, probably nude. Okay. Favourite teammate? Oh, tough one. Uh, oh, geez. A few characters in our team. As everyone probably already knows, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll go my front row buddy, Reggie. Reggie. Cats or dogs? Dogs. Beer or wine? Oh, shit, yeah. I'm, I'm a bit of both at the moment. Okay. Um, little, yeah. A little I'll bit of variety is good. Yeah, sit on the fence on that one. Big party or small gathering? No, small gathering now the older I get. Bath or shower? Bath. Not that the bath's big enough to hold me, but (laughs) (laughs) so it's more plunge for the legs in my household. Save money or spend money? Uh, Spend money. I'm a bit of a giver. Uh, I'd I'd love to, yeah, save money, but find that hard when you've got the kids around. You got it. Last one, hamburger or chicken burger? Can't go past a hamburger. Uh, You're a good man. I'm with you on that one. What a year 2013 was for our guest. He won the UK Super League and the Challenge Cup in the one year with the Wigan Warriors. Pat Richards, is this what dreams are made of type stuff, 2013 for you? Yeah, definitely. Um, It was a really long campaign. Um, You know, when you play the Challenge Cup all the way through, it's an extra five games. You play the whole Super League round. So if you're playing every game with finals, you might be in the 36, 37 games of the season. Um, especially at a big club like Wigan with success. Uh, every week, sides are out there to knock you off. So mm. you've got to be on your game. Um, and finished off at Old Trafford. It's actually a good story with Blake Green was in our team at that time yeah. and he copped, a, he copped a swinging arm from Ben Westwood in the first minute of the game, broke his cheekbone and he was lying on the floor and I remember walking up to him and seeing his eyes roll on the back of his head. I picked him up and said, mate, if you go off here, we lose. Um, and he stayed on the field, got man of the match, and we win the game. Um, so that was an incredible show of bravery from Greeny. Um, everyone sort of talks about Sam Burgess, but yeah. mate, he, he played he played 80 minutes with the same sort of thing and, and steered us around and had the game of his life. So to finish off that year like that um, with some great mates, it's, it's unbelievable. Is it actually the year you look back on more fondly than others, or is it an absolute dead heat with the Tigers' premiership of... 2005. Mate, it's, it's hard because I suppose every time you win something, it's with a really special group of people. Yep. And it's like looking back on your kids and picking which one's your favourite. It's <laughs> it's a really hard one to do. So they're all different in their own way. Um, but also, I'm just lucky enough to be in the right 
in, in a team that's won stuff. So I'm lucky. I've played five finals and I've won them all. So I don't know what it's like to lose one, which I'd hate that feeling because I've lost a few semifinals and it's awful. So I can only imagine what, what losing a grand final would, would be like. That Wigan side of 13, guys like Sean Tompkins, Daryl Goulding, Blake Green, Liam Farrell and Sean O'Loughlin. Mate, I actually don't think it was probably the strongest Wigan side you play with on paper, uh, but everyone seemed to complement one another. Is that a, a fair enough call? Yeah, 100%. Any, any good side out there, they, they, they just... They, they all gel. Every every player has a role to play in that team. Um, and also, they're a tight-knit group. Um, so every team I've played in that's won things, we've really just worked hard for each other. And um, like Guys like Sean O'Loughlin, he uh, he could have came out to the NRL a number of times, and he's he's the best player that I've played with. He's the most complete player. Is that um, right? And yeah, so he's um, he's, he's unbelievable. He... he He's just retired now. He's played yeah. 470 games for Wigan, which is crazy. Um, and at, an, at a level that, you know, he's if he came out here, we talk about the really good British forwards that have been here, he'd yep. be at the top of the tree for me. That is a huge, huge trap. Anyone else come to mind quickly that maybe could have or should have given the NRL a go and been a success at it? Um, well, a lot of these guys are coming over. So George Williams is one who, who came over and he's doing really well. Yep. Um, who was a young kid when I was at Wigan. So um, there's, there's plenty of talent over there that that um, that could come. Michael McAlorum was our hooker at Wigan in 2013. And everyone sees how tough John Bateman is, but he's he's on another level, Mickey McAlorum, I, yeah. I tell you. Uh, there's plenty of guys like that that are just um, – that would do really well over here. 2013, great year. Thanks for dropping in, Paddy. Chat soon. Moles live up to four years in the wilds. Predators of moles include snakes, skunks, foxes, weasels, hawks, owls, cats and dogs. Thankfully, we're safe here as we bring in our mate, the mole, Tony Adams, you've stories you've written over the years, the moments you've witnessed and actually been a part of. Do some stand out above others, or does it become just one giant sporting blur? Andy, I, th- I think the secret you've, you've, you've got to be like a player. You've, you've got to keep keep the hunger, keep keep that uh, you know that desire to, to break stories, yep. as in the, the players. Uh, you know, keep enjoying training, and and I guess that's why I've, I've lasted forty years. And you know, me and Buzz Rothfield are probably the the only ones who've uh, of the current era who've uh, been around anywhere near that long. Uh, now, the 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 most unpleasant time for me, as I think most supporters would say, was during Super League. It, it, it was just a a horrible time for the game. It was it was a horrible time to be reporting the game, and it was an awful time to be a uh, news limited journalist uh, reporting the game. Yeah. And even more so because I uh, I tried to play it down the middle, whereas a quite a few of my colleagues uh, saw the vision straight away. I, I never saw the vision and and tried reporting both sides of it. But uh, of course, uh, everyone was tarred with the same brush. Yep. And I remember one day uh, I picked up the phone and. Uh, the bloke with this gruff voice says, Tony Adams? I said, yeah. He said, I'm going to kill you and I'm going to kill that Ian Frickberg. Now, Ian Frickberg, uh, as you recall, was was one of the, the main men behind Super League. And yep. uh, 
I'd, I'd had death threats before and it, it didn't really worry me too much. But then I thought, what if this guy actually goes and shoots Frickberg uh, tonight and uh, yeah. I, tell, I, I tell the cops the next day, oh, yeah, he rang me up and told me he was going to do this. So uh, I, I uh, you know, normally you just ignore that that sort of thing because, you know, they're just, you know, the the, the olden day equivalent of the keyboard cowards yeah. on, uh, on social media. But I, I decided I better go through all the right protocols. So I got onto the, the uh, News Limited Security. They got onto the police. They all interviewed me. Uh, they never caught the bloke. Uh, he never killed me, strangely enough, and he, he never killed Ian Frickberg. <laughs> but uh, that, that was an example of, of, of just the, the hatred and, and, and the, uh, you know, the, the bitterness that uh, engulfed the game in Super League and, uh, you know, Thank God that's over, and you know we, we we've had our problems this year, but uh, it's nothing like uh, 1995, 96, 97. Let me assure you, Tony. If we go back to 95, 96, 97, uh, because we were on the front line, a lot of us, it was the craziest rugby league time ever. There were there was a dozen news stories breaking every day. There were players and clubs backflipping. It was out of control there for a while. Yeah, it was. It, it, it was ridiculous, and uh, you know the, the the game really suffered. And uh, particularly afterwards, when we saw the you know the the death of clubs like uh, North Sydney, yeah. uh, West Balmain, Illawarra, uh, and there, there's a lot of fans out there still bitter today. You know, yep. fans of those clubs, and I can understand it. You know, if you you support a club all your life, and uh, you you'd know plenty of old Bears supporters. Just for example, yeah. we'll, we'll throw Newtown in, even though that was before Super League. You know, once your club dies, you you just can never go back. You you can never uh, forgive the game, particularly when it's uh, killed off for political reasons, which was the case with most of these clubs. Uh, the South Queensland Crushers had a couple of years, then died. You know that. That Manly North merger, Manly made sure that didn't uh, work, and the, the poor old Bears were killed off. So it, it really was was a tough time. I guess the only winners were the players who added a zero to their pay packets uh, in a lot of cases. Tone, it's always a pleasure. Where can we find you on social media, my man? Mate, look for me on uh, Twitter at nine underscore uh, Molly. And uh, on uh, the internet, uh, on the Wide World of Sports website, uh, run by Channel Nine. Would you like a personal message, something nice, something sweet, something highly inappropriate and downright rude? I can do that. I'm on Swish now, whatever your occasion, whatever the message, go to heyswish.com, Swish, S-W-Y-S-H. Go there and search Andy Raymond. Whatever you want, whenever you want, consider it done a cool and a different present for that special occasion or you don't even need an occasion. You might just want to give one of your mates a serve. dog chasing the postman because the mail has arrived. Four questions this week. Hopefully no blow-ups, but I do love me a blow-up. This is from Tetris Tom. Who's your favourite commentator, AJ? Uh, Mate, answer is I listen, but I don't really 
take it all in, if that makes sense. I, I don't know why. I know there's some shockers. That might be why. I would say Andrew Moore, who's currently commentating ABC Radio, love his call of the game, so we'll put him in my top spot. This question is from Maxie Lewis at Park Lee. My dad's an Eels fan, loves Gutho, but he reckons Peter Sterling was better. Is he right? Max, I'm an old fart, probably like your dad. Yes, he is right, and that's not a knock on Gutho at all. Sterlo was the best of the best, in my opinion, best halfback I've ever seen, a class above. I reckon he's probably third or fourth of best I've ever seen play the game, so there's plenty behind him. This from Jim at Slacks Creek. Who's the next coach in waiting? We all hear about Cameron Seraldo. Is there anyone else out there? Uh, good topic, Jim, off the top of my head of the new guys. I'm saying Cameron, obviously, Jason Riles, who's at the Roosters, Willie Peters, who's at the Knights, brilliant football brain, absolutely brilliant. Uh, Dean Young, who's at the Cowboys, and a smoky Justin Morgan at the Warriors heard some really impressive raps on Morgo. Uh, he's got a really good rep in the game. It wouldn't surprise me at all to see him get a gig somewhere. Last question from the Danielson family. Are the Dolphins going to make any noise in 2023? I say yes. I said before, I'm expecting either Mitchell Pierce or Blake Austin to be their experienced playmaker for their first season. Uh, I haven't changed my mind there. They do need that experience in that position. Good forward pack already announced, most of it anyway. Light on in the back line, but I think that will come. I don't know if they'll play finals in their first year, but they might not be too far off. They'll be okay. Coming up, a massive milestone in a couple of weeks for my guest. Well, I reckon it's a massive milestone anyway. Jazz Tavunga from the Warriors has dropped in. A hundred games, mate. What does that mean to you? Yeah, um, it doesn't feel like I've almost played a hundred. Um, you know, I'm definitely going to have to take a moment to myself and soak that in and, you know, appreciate the moment. But, um, yeah, it just makes you think of, you know, where you've come from and, all the hard work you could have kind of put in. So it's going to be a proud moment for, you know, me and my family and, and my friends for sure. Has um, it gone quickly? Yeah, it has. I'm thinking about like, you know, when, when you get presented your hundred Jersey, they put up sort of put up a highlight package and yeah. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to have too many highlights probably of me just going in the Simbin. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, what do you remember of your debut game? Who was it against? How did you go? A funny story about the um, debut game is, I was doing captain's run um, for the New South Wales Cup team and we had um, – we were the curtain raisers for the NRL game. Yeah. And um, sort of finished captain's run and I was started to do extras, you know, it was like – because I was playing dummy half, but a dummy half, so I was doing some dummy half passing. And then um, the, the gear manager comes over in the goal cut and said um, – because NRL had captain's run after us. And he goes, Jazz, um, you need to train with the NRL side. And I was like sort of blowing up because fuck, I knew I had a game the next day. So I was like, fuck, I don't want to do two training sessions, you know? Yeah. And then um, as I as I get over to the field on the golf cart, um, he goes, oh, Cappy wants to see you because Andrew McFadden was the was the coach. So I ran over to see Cappy and Cappy goes, how you going, Jazz? I was like, yeah, good, good. And he goes, yeah, you're going to start tomorrow, mate. And I was like, yeah, I already know I'm starting. 
fucking I just finished training and he goes not for fucking cup yet you're still gonna start for us <laughs> and I was like what the f-? oh like you know my stomach sort of dropped and I was oh man I was fucking I was really nervous um and so he sort of he said congratulations I gave him a hug and then um I went over to the boys because they were sort of in a huddle ready to train and then um the boys sort of cheered and you know had a bit of chahu and then when we started training, fuck, I work and I had the worst training session ever. Like all my passes were down, like to the boys' knees. I was passing to Hoffy's knees and he was dropping the ball and I was going, fuck. Oh, <laughs> but that, yeah. That uh, is then, brilliant. Yeah, I, was, I was real nervous. Um, couldn't sleep and that went and told my mum and that she couldn't believe it. And then, yeah, I didn't sleep. I only got a few hours sleep. And then um, sort of when I got to the game, Hoffy and, and Simon Mannering sort of gave me a, a bit of a word and you yeah. know kind of gave me confidence and then I just remember running out and running out of the tunnel could see my friends there and I sort of embraced them for a bit and then I ran out it was a sunny afternoon on a Sunday and Mount Smart was packed it was our first home game of the year and um yeah man I could see Cameron Smith it was against the storm wow Cameron I could see Cam Smith across me and I was just going fuck this is it yeah made it <laughs> what, a, what a way to debut against you know a guy that many suggest is the best ever. That is a really cool chat, really cool story. When it happens in a couple of weeks' time, make Game 100. Enjoy the celebrations. We'll chat again soon. Thank you, brother. For me, the two positions with the greatest influx of new talent in the last two years are hooker and fullback. AJ Brimson's one of the standout young number ones. Kevin Proctor has dropped in. What stands out to you about AJ Legend? He's, there's, there's a lot that stands out with him. You know, he's he's strong, he's fast, and he's he's a he's got a good head on his shoulders for a young kid as well. Right? He's he's not an arrogant type of guy who always wants to learn. And um, yeah, I suppose uh, that, I think that's his best attribute. His, uh, his attitude around training, he always wants to get better and um, and he, he gets along with the boys really well. So he's, um, if, if I had to choose one thing, is is probably, uh, I'd love to have his speed. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. He's, uh, he's electric, man. And it's, it's been a pleasure playing with him. Are these kids getting more confident at a young age or are we just getting older? I'm going to need wheelchair soon. Yeah. <laughs> These kids are bloody flying. If you're enjoying Andy Raymond Unfiltered, give us some love. Go to Apple, Spotify, or wherever you're listening and subscribe to the podcast. Then whack in a five star rating and a review. As random and weird ass as you like. Funniest weekly review wins an unfiltered trucker's hat. Yeah, bribery. Get to it, legends. Yes, a big shout out to anyone that did leave us a rating or review. You are just awesome. We really appreciate it. Mungo from Dubbo. Mungo from Dubbo. You win the unfiltered trucker's cap this week. Thank you, legend. Uh, take a breath and enjoy it. The footy is on and your weekend is sorted. Enjoy the game. Order a pizza. Grab a coldie. Go hard on a five-leg multi. And don't forget, as always, back pikey in the last. Yeah.